This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I'll let let you start with the defense. What were your initial impressions? Because I know that there are quite a few of them. So, at the end of the game, I was thinking, and I didn't tweet it out, and uh, it's because I wanted to save it for, for the show. There's something about the Packers giving up a first drive touchdown and then completely shoring up that I'm wondering now, it happens so much. Is that planned? Like, is that almost Joe Barry playing chess, not checkers here? Like, he just said, all right, Bears, show us what you got. He saw all of Eberflus's scripted plays, and he said, okay, now I know what to do, and you don't have a script anymore, and just, like, completely clamped down on the Bears' offense. And everyone's going to freak out about them driving down the field on the first drive but after that, they gave up three points. Like, this defense played out of their minds, and they still missed a couple tackles, right? It wasn't a completely perfect, clean game, but they looked like like we thought that they could be on paper. Pass rush was getting after them. Kenny was a monster. You had Quay Walker showing off his speed, like nobody's business. I mean, I think everyone was talking about it today. Any other inside linebacker group in previous years, that's – that Justin Fields run is a walk-in touchdown. Like that is just this. He doesn't even break a sweat. He just. No. I mean, and Quay's speed closing in on him to save that from being a touchdown. Unbelievably impressive. And the secondary, you know, shut it down. And again, this Bears offense doesn't have the same weapons that the Packers defense is going to see from other units other teams going forward sure but you want to see them play like that against a bad team that that's the team to say we are not going to let you we're not going to let you score on us and the one thing I think that we have talked about so much is this defense sometimes lets teams hang around or they're up a couple scores they kind of soften up and and they don't um, finish games and that Jair Alexander interception at the end of that game was the opposite of this it was no, no, we are not letting you move the ball anymore. We let you score 10 and you're done. We're ending this game now, like game, set, match. And I just love that energy from this defense because it's the one thing that I feel like they haven't had in a while. Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with you on on almost every point. I think the one thing that is concerning to me is just the tackling. And yeah. I know that yeah. that's something that can very easily be cleaned up. But Joe Barry's defense, I think, was the best in the league last year as far as not missing tackles. And Devondre Campbell, I think, is already at like three missed tackles and he missed four for all of the 2021 season. So there's just some things that you're scratching your head a little bit like, you know, there's progression in some areas and then you're seeing the defense regress a little bit in other areas. And it's like, you know, is that just uh, continuity where you guys are, are trying to mesh and ev- get everybody on the same page like where are the communication errors and how can you remedy those because once that's resolved a lot of these problems are going to fix themselves again because you're not going to have David Montgomery going yeah. for what was it like 132 yards or something and you know that you got Lenny Fournette next week like it's not going to get any easier and he's sure. even harder to bring down so that's that was my concern but yeah overall just a, a really exactly the kind of performance that you'd want to see from the defense that, like you said, we were expecting to see based on how they look on paper. Yeah. I just think that's something they'd be able to clean up. And like, I think credit to David Montgomery also, he looked great. He was the bears only offense. um, And he, you know, did his best to put his team on his back and he's a very good running back. So 
Um, but I agree. I mean, tackling is one a of football technique. Like you have to be able to tackle. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of drills in, uh, at practice this week, getting ready for the bucks. Cause the bucks have way more weapons that the Packers defense is going to have to contend with. Yeah, I will say, and I don't really think that you can call them underrated when they get the game ball, but Preston Smith to me was the player of the game for the defensive side of the ball. And I think that he is such an underrated contributor, which is, it's hard to say that there's like an underrated element to his game when you've got, you know, he's one of two edge rushers, basically. They don't have a lot of depth there, but we talk about Kenny Clark all the time. We talk about Rashawn Gary. We talk about the secondary and Preston Smith is just always in the right spot. He's always making a play and he's always doing exactly what he's supposed to do. And I just, you know, I want to give him some credit for that because I'm, I'm, you know, I think a lot of Packers fans, myself included before Zadarius Smith got injured, we thought that if the Packers could only keep one Smith bro, Mm -hmm. it would be Zadarius. And just, you know, Aaron Rodgers talks about how he's one of his best friends on the team and the kind of leader that he is. He's got the captain's patch. Like, it is all so deserved. And I think maybe it's Rashawn Gary taking some heat, right? Because Rashawn is getting a lot of double teams. But the sack that Preston had where Justin Fields tried to juke him and he just kind of, like, fell on him, like, absolutely not. It was one of the plays of the game. And I just... I just... He deserves a lot of credit for the role he brings to the defense. I completely agree. And... Rajon Gary gets so much credit and so does Kenny Clark finally as deserved. But I do think that there's something about Preston who is a longtime vet now in this league. And I think you saw that last night you saw in this game, like he was not fooled by anything the bears were trying to throw at him. And that's just his football IQ showing up, you know what I mean? And then executing on it. And I was going to bring up the play. You just did that sack where he was like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, and he was just doing all the things you asked. He was setting the edge. He was bringing pressure. He was just, dominating and I'm just such a fan of his I just think I love the way he carries himself and his like you said his leadership abilities just like the energy that he brings to that room it's very like I think a lot of the Packers leaders are very quiet leaders right Zadarius was very loud he was boisterous he was that like front facing man and I think there's a lot of guys like Kenny like Preston like Adrian Amos who are like more quieter internal leaders and I think you're seeing that a little bit more now that Preston has time to shine um I love the duo I do worry a little bit though about how much him and Gary are playing because you want that third rusher in there to give we talked about you know having fresh legs and that rotation that we're able to see on the D line and you're not getting that same you know rest with the edge rushers. Now, again, I think some of that gets mitigated if the Packers offense just stays on the field. Right. And so you, in this game, I don't know if they needed it, but I do worry a little bit about that going forward. Yeah. And I mean, I think we talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it in training camp, like you're one injury away, yeah. knock on wood from, you know, a, a really kind of terrible situation at, at the edge rush, edge rush position. And, and it, in 2019, we talked about, we want to see some development from Rashawn Gary because Darius and Preston were playing like 85% of snaps that season on defense. And I think against the bears, it was like 90% of defensive yep. snaps that those two were out there. And that's just way too much. And it's not sustainable when you get into the cold weather months. And when you're trying to, like you said, stay fresh for the playoffs and yes, obviously the Packers have a late buy this year, but one week off, it's not going to mitigate a season's worth of trying to 
set the edge, like you said, against mobile quarterbacks and tackle some of these bruising running backs that the Packers are going to see on the schedule in the next couple months. So hopefully it's just a ramp up period for guys like JJ and, you know, Tipa, Jonathan Garvin, whoever else they wanted to rotate in there. But yeah, we're going to need to see something from that edge rush unit beyond what Preston and Rashawn can bring. Yeah. It's just something that I have my eye on um, because they think it's important and it's a really long season. So you lose any one of them and that entire front looks completely different. Um, Anything else on defense? Should we talk about the goal line stand? I feel like we should. Um, (laughs) I look, I think there's two parts here for me. One is while they, they let the bears get all the way down there. Yeah. Other offenses are going to move the ball. Like <laughs> I, I, I think like it is so hard to play defense. Like the Packers are not going to shut out every single team, no matter how bad or good they are. So yes, the bears moved the ball. There were plenty of moments where maybe they could have made a stop, but they didn't. And they made the stop when they needed to. Now, again, I think there was a lot of questions around, was it a touchdown? Was it not a touchdown? I don't know. I'm not on the field. The refs called it not a touchdown. Amazing stop. I still stand by the fact that if it was called a touchdown, I don't think it would have changed the game at all. Um, and I think that just says a lot about like the entire defensive performance as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about the discrepancies between the two teams and the Packers did everything that they needed to do to win the game. Like total first downs, the Bears had 11 for the entire game. And only two of those came by passing plays. And one of them was the flea flicker. And Jair made a comment post game, you know, kind of joking, like they had to resort to trickery to to pull one over on us. And that's why he was so glad he got the interception, because that was a play that he gave up. But outside of that, you know. Nine percent for the Bears, and it was all you know rushing at that point. So yeah. I think just you look at like total net yards. The Packers defense did what they needed to do, and the game never, like you said, felt out of hand for them. It never felt like it was slipping away. And you know, I, I hate the the other team gets paid too because it seems like such a cliche, and that you don't want teams to be able to march down the field. But I I wasn't concerned based on what we saw from the defense outside of like we talked about already the missed tackles. And I think missed tackles had a large part Mm -hmm. in that bears offense, being able to march down the field, because when you're not tackling David Montgomery, he's, he's going to blow right past you and get into the second level. So containing a lot of that is going to, it'll fix itself if the tackling fixes itself. Yeah. I think it's good that there are enough things out of this win for the Packers to take away to improve upon is you love when you win and you win by a wide margin and still feel like you can get something out of that besides just being besides just being, okay, we were be- the better team. Like I like that there's improvement because it's really early in the season and you want to see improvement from them. Um, I just think it's okay that there are some drives that other teams get to, I, you know, I, I don't know what it, I just, again, like the Packers held them to 10 points And if it was 17 points, I'd still be sitting here saying it was a really great overall great performance from this defense. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
I do feel for the Bears a little bit, and I I wonder just what it is about this team and this offense, whether it's new coaching staff, whether it's the lack of weapons, whatever it is, like why they didn't throw the ball at all. And maybe it's credit and respect to the Packers secondary, so I would understand that for sure. But like this Bears, the Bears – obviously don't trust Justin Fields to throw the ball. And I feel like if there's one player on this team that I'd throw the team on my back, I'd say it should be Justin Fields. Like just let him rip it, right? His deep ball is gorgeous. We saw it once and then they just said, stop. And I I didn't really understand that game plan at all. Yeah. And I mean, I think going into it, that was one of the keys to tiring out this Packers defense and making them beat you is, you know, the same way that we saw David Montgomery scrambling and rushing for a very productive day on the ground. Justin Fields is more than capable of that. And, you know, the Packers got after Kirk Cousins because he is such a pocket passer. And that was one of the concerns going into this game was Justin Fields has the mobility, especially behind a not great offensive line to get out of the pocket and to make plays. And, you know, they talked about it all week. The DBs were saying like, you know, most plays take six seconds. Justin Fields can keep plays alive for like 10, 12 seconds. So as a secondary, you get gassed because, you know, you are trying to cover when it basically becomes a scramble drill and you don't know where the wide receivers are going. So, you know, if you look at it that way, the nod goes to the offense, but yeah, just really surprising. Like Darnell Mooney having negative four yards, I expected a lot or to see them at least take shots with the guys that they have on offense. I completely agree. And I think it's such a good point about Justin Fields and his legs. We saw none of that, which again, I think obviously the Packers defensive plan to contain him worked, which is great to know in the future, but I am super shocked that pretty much all we saw from him that was significant was him scrambling for, for the touchdown that Quay stopped. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's something about these Packers inside linebackers and their speed and their ability to meet you, you know, before you want to get to where you're trying to get um, potentially is is a deterrent for running quarterbacks. We'll see as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think that, you know, one of the most exciting things that we saw that we didn't necessarily see a lot of, but it bodes well for later on in the season is the idea of Quay Walker playing that spiral because we saw the sideline to sideline speed. And, you know, I think somebody said that he made a comment um, post game, just about how like he was upset that he fell for the juke at first, but he had enough recovery speed to get up and, you know, get after field. So if, if he doesn't bite on that, you're like, how, you know, how much quicker did you need to get to the ball? Like, so just, you know, Quay Walker as a spy, I think is something that's really fun. That's coming for the Joe Barry defense. Yeah. And it's, it's so good that you mentioned that because, this is only a second NFL game ever. Right. Like this boy is a brand new baby into the <laughs> NFL and he's already doing things like that. And so, you know, the more he sees from opposing offenses, the more he learns, like he's never going to make that mistake again with the juke, right? Like he's going to be able to spot it now, hopefully and learn from it. And he's only going to continue to get better. And I think his skill set is off the charts. I know that it was kind of a weird pick, the Packers took, you know, people thought it was too early, too rich. They wanted offense, whatever. I think Quay is going to turn out to be one of the best decisions that that Brian Gutenkunst has made. Just in like his ability to transform the middle of the defense. I, uh, I'm feeling very excited about him. Yeah, and I mean, the the selection there 
doesn't discredit Devontae Wyatt at all. We know that defensive no. linemen take a, a little bit longer to acclimate at the NFL level. So, you know, his ascension, I think, we'll maybe see more of in year two. He's playing in a very rich position right now where there's a lot of depth. So he's just not seeing the field as much as Quay. And, you know, if you think about it, the Packers still got the wide receiver that they wanted in the second round. So if you swapped, like if the Packers took Watson where they took Walker and vice versa, I don't think that any of this is a conversation. So really good point. I'm really excited to see, you know, his continued development. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.